So we're both hairy people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I have a lot of hair on my chest and my stomach, <laughs> which I know you do too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the other day I get home Wednesday night from a soccer game, and I don't know if you have this problem, but I mean, I've never really noticed that I that this happens to my hair, but I think when I sweat, Mm. And then, like, a shirt is rubbing on my chest or stomach. It causes my hair to get, like, all curly. Hmm. Like, little swirls on my stomach. Yeah. So, I, on Wednesday, I got home from my game, and I took off my shirt to get in the shower. And Mercedes like, oh, look at, look at your hair. She started laughing at my stomach for all the hair on there. And I was like, oh, yeah. And I started looking. But then I accidentally touched my sternum, like, right where my sternum meets the top of my abdominal. Okay. I'm touching it now in (laughs) solidarity. So there's not a lot of skin there. It's pretty thin, right? I mean, I don't know about yours, but mine, like, there's no, like, I can't even grab the skin right there on my sternum. Yeah, no way. So I was feeling around, and I felt it, and it hurt so bad. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I looked down, and I had the biggest pimple on the bottom of my sternum. Like it was a a big pimple, like a whitehead, like a massive whitehead. Like I never knew it was there. I'm I'm assuming like because I don't feel my stomach and stuff a lot, you know. Like, but I don't know how I didn't know it was there. But it was it was a big whitehead, and Mercedes was like looking at it, like, oh my gosh, that thing's huge. Like like what are we saying? So there's there's a a whitehead and a redness. Oh yeah. What is the circumference of the white head itself? Well, okay, so it, yeah, not that big. <laughs> but <laughs> it was probably like that big. Okay. But it was super hard. Like like a full-on centimeter. Yeah, yeah. It's super hard and uh What was, about the redness? Yeah, it was probably like If it like, was a coin. Oh, uh, it wasn't close to a penny. Okay. If anything, it was probably like half a penny, okay. maybe. But it was just, it hurts so bad. That paints a better picture, because in my <laughs> mind, I was imagining like, like a, a third nipple <laughs> on your sternum. Yeah, not that big. But um, it hurts so bad just to touch it. And so I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, I'm just going to pop it. And Mercedes like, oh, you should wash your hands, because you're all dirty and nasty. But I didn't. I just went to pop, <laughs> I just went to pop it. And I, I have so much hair on there. So when I popped it, like nothing squirted everywhere. But it just caught in the hair. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> but I was getting I was getting in the shower. So anyways, I popped it and it it was the most painful pimple popping ever that I've ever had. And I don't know if it's because there's no skin there, right? Like there's no skin, there's nothing to like really to pop a pimple with. Like you can't even really press in there, yeah. you know? So I just had to like squ- I just pushed into my sternum and just like got it out. And then after it was popped, it was still like hard as a rock. And just like, even right now when I'm feeling it, there's like a scab on top of it from where I popped it. And I don't have like a ton of pimples, but this was, um, it was the most painful experience ever (laughs) for for a pimple. So have you ever had a pimple? Well, number one, have you ever had one on your chest or on your sternum? Yeah, I'm, I, I don't, I can't think of, uh, I feel like I've had ingrown hairs. Yeah. Uh, that you like pluck out and that hurts, but like no, nothing, nothing quite like that. 
So if you haven't had one there, what is your most painful pimple that you have ever had? If you can even remember. I feel like I, I've been brought to tears many a times by one just mm. on the inside of my nostril. Oh, those are awful. Oh, they just hurt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm water in my eyes. Just I know. I know. My nose is like starting to run. You like, like, can't even get them either. You just have to like pick them. It's so painful. Uh, Katie sometimes uh, goes to pluck my eyebrows. Uh-huh. If I don't do it fast enough, she she'll see it and be like, "Stay right there." And she'll run and grab <laughs> tweezers, and all the time, like little tiny, thick black hairs under the surface. You can see them, but they're not where you can be picked. So they haven't like come through right? yet, and they kind of look like a blackhead. Does and, she just and she just like starts squeezing <laughs> it? I'm like, ah, ah, like that's not a pimple. That's not a blackhead. That's not. It's just a hair. Does she enjoy doing that? Yeah. She offered me earlier, like an hour ago, to pop a pimple on her chin. I was like, I don't want to pop a pimple on your chin. (laughs) I feel like a lot of females like to do that. Like to pop pimples? Yeah. Yeah. Mercedes used to like it when I would let her, like I would lay on my stomach with my shirt off and she would just like look all over my back to see if I had any kind of like pimple. (laughs) She would just like rub her hands and like, (laughs) I was partly like enjoying it because it was like a back rub. But then if she found one, she like would take her time and go all slow and stuff. And I'm just like, gosh, this is awful. Yeah. Katie does the same thing too. Where like, if I'm like, Hey, can can you scratch my back? (laughs) Like the back scratching will start. And then all of a sudden it'll be an investigation and then she'll find something and she'll start, picking at it and picking and picking and picking and i'm like stop stop <laughs> i just wanted a back rub like, i don't need i don't want the things ripped off of my back <laughs> they are fine the way they are so doyle on the heels of that story <laughs> uh i actually have uh some follow-up from our christmas episode that was a while ago Yes, the Christmas episode, we talked about Halloween costumes and different Halloween costumes. Mm -hmm. I forget what the question was. Do you remember? It was from Dustin Hunt. He had asked, like, what your favorite Halloween costume was growing up and if you went as it more than once. Ah, yes. So um, upon hearing that question, my mom uh, found a photo of me in <laughs> I believe I mentioned it the you did the junior asparagus costume yeah, yeah 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 so here is that picture oh man who's that with you is that Ashley that's Ashley Ashley's an angel and I am <laughs> junior asparagus that's an interesting top for junior asparagus is that what his head looked like I think so and I've got like the asparagus hair yeah that's really nice so you went as that more than once I think so. Yeah, I think I did. I can't. I can't quite remember because did I she thought... make it? Did she make that costume? Uh, no. I think a family friend of ours did. Yeah, it looks it looks good, man. How old were you there? Uh, gosh, five, six. I don't maybe? Know. How old does Ashley look there? That looks like Fenway's age. Like she looks like she's four. Okay, so I was probably like seven. Is seven too old to have said? No. Is that, <laughs> is that too old to wear a junior asparagus costume? <laughs> well, what's the age cutoff? So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll put this in the uh, in the show notes. Man, I should try and find the one that I had as well. Yeah. Where I went as Donald Duck. Oh, man. If you can find that. Or a clown. I have one as a clown, too. 
I'm going to try and find it. Try to find one of those. We'll put it in. It'll be in the show notes. So, yeah, nothing like a little Halloween costumes in February. Yeah, get you ready for the fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have some follow-up as well. Well, uh, Oh, sorry, keep going. Sorry. I was just going to say, those, those, like we said, will be in the show notes. If you maybe aren't familiar with what show notes are, there's a small write-up of information and sometimes useful links of what we're talking about, such as these pictures. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on your podcast player, maybe you have to swipe up or swipe down or swipe over. and uh, But it should be right there where you're listening to the podcast. Somewhere on that screen is a link to me dressed as Junior Asparagus. Yeah, you can find out. Yeah, so you can, like, while you're listening to your podcast, yeah, you can look and view the show notes. Yep, and you can open it up and just ch- check me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> check me out. <laughs> I also have uh, some follow-up from, I don't know when we had talked about it, but maybe we didn't talk about it on here, uh, but I recently got HelloFresh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Did no, we, talk, we talked about the it. The last one? Did I talk about how I got like a free trial? Oh, uh, I don't know if we if we talked about you getting HelloFresh We talked about here. you we having We talked it. about me having HelloFresh. Okay, so I got HelloFresh. Uh, I just got it delivered two days ago, and um, a little skeptical. You know, I wasn't like... Mm-hmm. It, I was a little nervous that we wouldn't have enough food. Yeah. You know, based off of like what I'd seen before, you know, we had it for four people, but I just didn't know. And you texted me in a panic as soon as the food arrived. I did. Like, what do I do with this food? Because <laughs> it came in a box with dry ice. So I didn't know, like, do I put it in the freezer? Does it all go in the fridge? Does some of it stay out? They don't really give you instructions on that. It just comes in a bag. Everything yeah. comes in a bag altogether. So last night we made our first HelloFresh meal. Ooh, which and one? It was uh, the creamy dill chicken. Mm. I don't know if that's the exact name, but it's like a chicken with green beans, potatoes. And the fresh dill. Yep, and you make like a cream sauce, and then it goes over top the chicken. Yep. And, uh, man, it was super good. I was happily surprised at how good it was. It was uh, a lot of food. So we had like – it came with like five chicken breasts, but it also came with like 20 potatoes. I don't know if it's because we did the the four people one. Yeah. But it came with a ton of potatoes, ton of green beans. Our kids don't really eat like green beans and potatoes, but me and Mercedes loved it. It was awesome. So tonight we're making the the second one. The other one? Yeah. Did the did the kids like the creamy dill chicken? Uh we didn't put that they ate they ate the chicken. We didn't put the dill on top. Yeah. Because in this is what I thought was super cool. Like HelloFresh has all these like tips and stuff, like on that menu card. Yeah. You know, like whatever. And at the top left, it had like a warning, and it said dill has a very strong flavor, and for many kids, their palate cannot handle dill. Mm. So maybe leave the dressing off the chicken. Oh. So I thought that was kind of cool because, you know, we have kids, and it's just, I wouldn't have thought, I probably would have just thought put it all over their chicken, but because yeah. they warned it, we just didn't put it on there because... Didn't want to worry about it, but and then you didn't end up frustrated. Eat your chicken. Yeah, yelling at my kids <laughs> to finish their dinner. But I thought that was cool that they put little tips on there like that. Yeah. So the whole process, the whole, uh, the whole thing, HelloFresh. It seems. I told Mercedes. I said, man, if we had extra funds, I would definitely buy. Like, do you have to have a minimum of like two meals a week or something? Uh, I think you can do one meal a week. Like, I would definitely do that. I think. Yeah. Like that's just it's like fun to do that too. It is. It's fun. And what what I found it's nice because it's all pre measured. Yeah, it's really like I don't easy. have to get out all my my little cups and my teaspoons. Like I just it tells you what to put all together and you just put it together. 
One of the things that that and and I'm curious to see if you feel the same with HelloFresh is uh like I feel like one if I were to try to make creamy dill chicken, I would probably just make some some sort of buttery creamy sauce, throw yeah. some dill on top. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah. But if I remember that recipe right, because we've made that, uh-huh. uh, it uses multiple things that like I would never have purchased myself. Yeah, Dijon mustard. Yeah, Dijon mustard. Did it use... Uh, it used like a chicken... Chicken stock? Well, it wasn't even stock. It was like a chicken... All it said on it was chicken, but it wasn't like a, a watery stock. It was like a pasty, like yeah. brownish... It maybe that maybe it's that, concentrate. Yeah, it was yeah. like a like a boyan kind of. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Exactly, stuff like that. That like, unless you know to use stuff yeah, like that, yeah. then you probably just don't use stuff like that. I feel like it makes a big flavor difference. It does. Yeah. You know, I was a little nervous uh, when I opened it. I didn't know if it doubled the recipe for like the dill sauce. Mm. Like it was that was the only part that was confusing because. It's sent, for instance, <clears throat> for the dill sauce, came with two packs of sour cream, a pack of Dijon, two packs of the chicken concentrate, and then add the dill. But in the recipe, like the card, it said add a quarter cup of hot water mm. to the to everything in the pan to get it nice and you know creamy and watery. Yeah. But I, I didn't know if that was just for one. Mm. Like, is that recipe card just for everything? And I had to double it? So I ended up doubling the water, but I don't know if I was supposed to because it didn't, it doesn't, maybe I was only supposed to put a quarter cup because the card is for the four servings. Right. You know, I don't know if, I, and maybe if you have the card, I, I kind of want to look at it Yeah. and see if it, if it said that, because that was the only part that was confusing because I didn't really know if I was supposed to double any of that kind of stuff. Even like the oil, like putting the, that like olive oil on my potatoes, it said add a tablespoon of olive oil, but is that for the. Mm. Two serving or the four serving? Tablespoon's not that much for 20 potatoes, you know? Right. Hmm. So I'm just curious to see if they send you the right, the ex- like a different card for what however many servings you get. So yeah, we we uh, we really enjoy it. But yeah, I just, I would love to order it. One meal a week would be cool just to do one. I'll have to look and see. The cool part is they send, I don't know, do you get this in every HelloFresh fresh packet? A, like a ton of different like free week cards? Yeah. Like every time you get a new pack, they send you free week cards. Yeah. Why not just make a ton of fake emails and get a ton of free weeks? I think you might be onto something. Yeah. So with my pack, they gave us four. Four free weeks. And then so, you could use one with uh, Mercedes email, one with your work email. One with Mercedes work email. So I, uh, tonight when I get home, I'm going to actually make, <laughs> I'm going to get on all three different emails and, and order three more weeks worth. Nice. Uh, four servings, two meals. It's like two meals for a week. So, do you think they'll be like, uh, this is the same address? I don't know. I wonder how much they uh, police that. Well, we'll see. Maybe they're there will ho- be follow up in two weeks. <laughs> Maybe they're hoping that you just get addicted to it after all of the free meals. Yeah, like they're not going to say anything. They're just going to like, oh, this yeah. let this guy keep going because <laughs> he's going to be an idiot and end up buying a subscription. <laughs> oh man! So I really, I really enjoyed it. Super, super thankful. Tonight we're making uh, pork. I don't know how to say it. Bungoli? Bulgagi? Bulgagi. Pork bulgagi meatballs. They're like little pork meatballs with like onion in them Mm. and some other stuff. And then I don't know what 
bogagi sauce is. It's like a yeah. sauce that comes with it. I think it's like so. This is the other thing that I I really enjoy about HelloFresh is making things that like I didn't even know existed. Yeah, before. Like I would never right. look up a recipe for that ever. Uh, so I'm assuming they, it's like a curry dish. I think I think it's Korean. They Ooh. do a lot of Korean dishes. Okay. Um, Wonder why. There's got to be a reason. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. They do a lot of Mexican dishes, a lot of Korean dishes, and then we did like a Turkish one that was like not something we would in a million years have ever even come across. But yeah, it was like phenomenal. It was one of the best things that we've gotten ever. And it was like, oh man, I would have never even known that this dish existed, much less wanted to make it myself. <laughs> have you yet, uh, because you said you're saving all those cards. Uh, we save a lot of the cards. And I'm assuming it's because you can go back and say, hey, I'm going to make this on my own. I'll just go buy these little yeah. ingredients. Have you yet to do that? Yeah, we did it with, uh, with the pork burgers from oh, yeah, last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it all worked out the same? It felt? Yeah, uh, ex- except for the size of the burgers. I'm, I, made, <laughs> I made really big pork burgers. I'm sure uh, they were still good, though. But they were good, yeah. I yeah. would love to. I've never tried a pork burger. It was good. Yeah. Smoked Gouda. Oh yeah, the smoked gouda, the gouda, <laughs> the, gu- the gu- gouda cheese. So yeah, I'm uh, excited to make that one tonight and to see if I can get a ton more free meals. What if they just sent me every the meal, the exact same meals for the free trials? So I just got the same thing over and over again. That'd be pretty funny. That'd be awful. It's like the standard free trial. <laughs> it's like no. I didn't know what I was getting until like later on. Uh, I got like an email that said what I was getting. They didn't. They didn't let me pick, or they didn't tell me what I was getting. Interesting. In the very beginning, we we did our our like trial using like a podcast code, and uh, and we we were able to pick. Maybe I just messed up and didn't know what I was doing. Maybe it's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like we might need to mention this, but neither of us are getting paid for <laughs> talking about this. Would have mind it, but we're not. Yeah. So if anybody has connections out there. Uh, we would <laughs> gladly take a sponsorship, oh, even man. if it was just some free free meals every week. So one of my Christmas presents this year was getting a DNA kit for 23andMe. Man, I'm so jealous. <laughs> I've told you that before. Yes. But- so I just wanted to uh, go through some of my results here. You already got it? Yeah. Okay, did you do the full analysis, health two, or yep. just the ancestry? Full analysis, health two. Okay. This was talked about in another podcast I listened to this week. Do you think the government is just keeping everybody's saliva so that we are now all on a DNA database? Uh, there are definitely uh, companies out there that do sell the DNA data to like databases that are searchable by the government or by law enforcement. I remember this company doesn't. Yes, 23andMe and I believe Ancestry.com both very much state like unequivocally that they do not. And if you request your sample to be destroyed after the, the after the fact, they will. Um, and you can request parameters on what they even tell you so Mm -hmm. like if you don't want any health data they won't even look at it and then the sample gets destroyed and then they can't look at it yeah so 23andme pretty very very reputable 
company. Yeah. So, I have my results. So hey, why why don't we as we talk about it, you should you should go over the process and like what happened because you got that for Christmas and kind of like what you had mm-hmm. to do, but as well as like we talked about in the beginning of this episode in our show notes, if you want to know anything more about Twenty Three and Me and actually see like a visual of what happens with these samples and what goes on at Twenty Three and Me, uh, Destin from Smarter Every Day uh, did like an interview with one of their scientists and one of the owners of Twenty Three and Me, and you can view that on YouTube. We're gonna put the link in the show notes. So that way, if you want to see a little bit more about like what's going on at 23andMe, you can check out this video. It's like nine minutes, and uh, it's a really good, really good video. It gives you a lot of good information and just the facts behind 23andMe. So make sure to check that out if that's something you're interested in. And again, this is not an ad for 23andMe. <laughs> or Smarter Every Day. We just like these things. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, that's, a weird, that's a weird feeling, like walking the line of like, talking about something that you like or enjoy but then it's also a product that is like hocked on yeah <laughs> <laughs> on a bunch of different podcasts yeah 23 and me get your dna today <laughs> uh, so the process you get the kit right and you go online and you register the kit you get your registration number. How much are these kits? Like a hundred bucks? Uh, yeah, I think like a hundred bucks. Okay. So you get your re- your registration uh, number, and you attach it to what the like kit ID number is, so that it knows what account goes to what saliva. <laughs> then you take a tube that they they provide for you, and then. The hardest part of the whole process, you have to wait like an hour without eating or drinking anything. Before and, you can spit in the tube? Yeah. That way there's no food like at I, all? I guess so. So not even water? It's, it said without drinking anything. So like I drink all the time. I was sitting here like waiting to take it. And uh, I kept like reaching over and just taking a drink and being like, ah, and like restarting the clock. <laughs> uh, I had to like remove the drinks from being available. Yeah. You always have a drink. I know. I love drinks. Yeah. Drinks are the best. It's <laughs> uh, why I'm always hydrated. Always. It's always water, but there's something in there. <laughs> uh, so then finally, once you are sufficiently dried out <laughs> from not drinking, then uh, you begin spitting into this tube, and there's like a line for you to spit up to. So you just keep spitting and spitting and spitting. Is it a lot? Like, is it hard to produce enough saliva it, without like, drinking anything? Yeah, it's like more than you expect it to be. You're like, oh, well, I guess I got to keep spitting. So you're spitting, and then you get to the line, and then you close the the thing. And the way it's set up, it's got like a little saline solution pack or something that when you close it, it pops and fills up the rest of the tube. So then, oh, okay. And then you then you like twist the thing closed on the top of it, and then it's done. It's ready. And so uh, you just mail it back in the box it came in. Yeah, the box it came in. It's got like a pre-paid for mailing slip, uh-huh. and and so you just stick that on there, and then you drop it in the mail, and then you wait for like a month takes a whole month it took yeah it took the better it probably took like three weeks how long did it take you to do this from christmas uh 
it took me a couple of weeks after Christmas to actually. You were just like too busy. Well, I kept taking drinks. <laughs> For two weeks, I kept my hour just could not. Uh, I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> so they go through uh, the sequencing of your DNA from your saliva, and then you uh, get the results back. They email you when it's ready, and then you go in and you open it up. Were, um, you, were you nervous? I feel like I would be a little like anxious and nervous. I, I was a little apprehensive with the health data because like you never know you never know yeah. it could be like and they they're not going to tell you like you have cancer right but they're going to say you might be more prone to some of these other health issues because of your family history correct well your family and your dna the, more, more your dna yeah more like such and such sequence in your dna means that you are predisposed to have Breast cancer. Okay. I that, see. That's like one of them specifically that you opt into is like whether or not you like they test. Th- there's like 15 different genetic markers for increased risk of breast cancer. And they test like a handful of them. They don't test all of them, but okay. you, you have to specifically opt into yes, test for these specific genetic traits that yeah, would yeah. put me at higher risk for this. And there's a whole bunch of them. There's Parkinson's disease, there's Alzheimer's disease. Uh, there, there's I can't remember them all. There, there's a, a significant amount of like very serious like yeah, yeah shortening your life diseases. Did you do them all? I just said yes to all of them. Dang uh, man, I know that's bold. I well, I talked with Katie beforehand. I was like, do I want to know them all? What is she at? Did she have any like precautions about doing that? I think she she was is much more in the camp of I would rather know and be able to like prepare go, go to the doctor now and say, Hey, I'm worried about yeah. developing such and such. Like what can I do to like, yeah, it's like a, preve- it's like a preventative. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it's better ultimately to know and be able to try to do something to prolong your life than to never know and then be blindsided by it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so that's 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 kind of where I landed too, and then the ancestry stuff as well too. I don't know if you experience a similar phenomenon. I know, I know, Katie's family has a similar phenomenal phenomenon. Both sides of my family experience this. I don't know why I'm calling it a phenomenon, but <laughs> better it, be pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like it's very common. It, at least in the United States, for your grandparents to tell you that amongst all of the ancestry that you have, you are also related to Native Americans. Always. Always. Like every friend I know, Katie's grandparents say the same thing. My grandparents on both sides of my family say the same thing. What do you think? Do you think I am related <laughs> to Native Americans? Do I think you are? Do you think I have any ancestral DNA that is from the United States? No. You are correct. There we go. Look at this. 100% <laughs> European, unsurprisingly. <laughs> uh, so, and of that 100%, 56% from Britain and Ireland. Man, that's... so. 
Can I look at that real quick? Yeah. So here, go ahead and take a look. So you see it. So this is just your ancestry stuff. Yeah, and it breaks it down. Man, that is. I like how it has the map. Yeah. So for those listening, there's an there's like a map that has it's all gray, but then it's highlighted where you are by density, basically, right? Is that yeah, how it's they, broken down? I think, but or like by proportion of your DNA, yeah, yeah. Of where they. Man, a hundred percent European. One hundred percent. That's why you like soccer so much. That's right. <laughs> Man, that's pretty neat. Um, what is the? Uh, oh, you know what's cool is you can click on these and it gives you like a description of, like, are those general specifics? Like if I click on British and Irish, descended from Celtic, Saxon, and Viking ancestors, the people of Great Britain. Oh, so it's the people as a whole, not just you. Yeah. Yeah, so basically it's saying of your genetics, we can attribute 56% of your genetics to being from uh, the island of Great Britain and Ireland. And then like 19%, I think, is is like from... Northwestern European. Yeah, Northwestern European as a whole. So it's like that, that includes Great Britain and Ireland, but it's like 19% of my DNA... It comes from that specific region as a whole, but a hundred percent of my DNA genome comes from European ancestry. Man, that's pretty crazy. Iceland, yeah, Iceland's Iceland. on, Iceland's on there. Good soccer team. <laughs> Man, that's really cool. I would love to do this. So one of the interesting things right here, your ancestry timeline. So it has uh, people moving. From the French and German to the British and Irish by 1900. Oh, so it even has a timeline of like, hey, this is yeah, when you moved from area to area? I guess so. I don't really even know how to interpret this. Because my grandfather was born in the 40s in Tennessee. It just, the, the Bogus family line just kind of disappears. <laughs> um yeah, so that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I'm curious how would they how would they be able to say okay, this is these years you your family line was here. But then in this 10 years, somewhere in this decade, you moved to this part of Europe. Like I wonder how they can even okay. track that back. So it's saying how many generations ago were your most recent ancestors from each population. So like I have a direct descendant or like I'm directly descended but from somebody up until the sixties living in the in England. That's crazy. Uh yeah. Like a direct descendant too. Yeah. I think that's what it's saying. And then like French and German, uh not before nineteen hundred. So like I'm not really related to anybody in France and Germany. <laughs> Anymore. Anymore. But there was at one point and then at nineteen hundred it dissipated. Yeah. Okay. See, that's so cool. That yeah, so that's that. an interesting... Yeah. Oh, it goes all the way back to Italian in the 1700s. Dang, man. Interesting. The Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't... With, with, with this, you don't see people. You can. You can. I haven't set that up yet. You can see people that you're related to. Like, you can... Like, you can add in your mom. Yes. Like, you, can you build a tree? Uh, An ancestry tree off 23andMe. So, like, there's this family and friends tab, and there's, like, DNA relatives, and then it will show you, like, 
who you're related to, how many people in each place you're related to, how closely related. It'll say like pre- predicted second cousin, predicted fourth cousin. Man, what if you had like a first cousin that you had no idea about that lived like in London? Like you could be so how, close to that How person. would that happen? That would be well, one of my parents' siblings. <laughs> that's, that's true. Children. <laughs> you just never know, man. Uh, I guess if one of my parents had a sibling that they didn't know about, uh-huh. I mean, uh, one of the uh, grandparents have been <laughs> been busy. <laughs> yeah, so you can you can go through and find. Uh, people that you are actually related to, and you haven't done that yet. I haven't done that yet because you have to go through a whole different like sign up process, and you have to say like, say, tell us a little bit about yourself, so that when people like click on you, they can see about you. Yeah, yeah. So back to ancestry. The next question for you about my ancestry <laughs> is, I have two hundred and ninety five Neanderthal variants. So. What percentage of other 23andMe users that have taken this test do you think I have more Neanderthal DNA than? Sorry, say that question so, again. Out of all the all the 23andMe users, what percentage of them do you have more? Neanderthal DNA. What was your number again? Like 20? 295. I have no idea if that's like a significant amount or not. Yeah. But it does place me. Does it me. tell you a percentage? So you're asking me if I know. Yes, I know. So I'm just have, having you guess how much more Neanderthal I am than, than anybody else on than, 23 than people. I could be only, I could be more Neanderthal than only like 10% of people. Yeah. Or I could be more Neanderthal than like 100% of people. I'm like, I could be. You're like. Totally Neanderthal. I am. Yeah, I could be all Neanderthal. Sixty-three percent. Sixty-three. Yeah. Pretty good guess. Seventy-nine. Look at this. Seventy-nine percent. It's like I've known you forever. <laughs> <laughs> so you're more, man. You're more. You're more Neanderthal than seventy-nine percent of people that are on twenty-three and me. Yeah. Which uh, that's pretty cool. Some of the things that that means is I'm less likely to sneeze after eating dark chocolate, and I have I have a variant associated with my height. It doesn't say if it's taller or shorter, but it just says that there is a, <laughs> a variant associated with height. But yeah, I think that's kind of interesting. And if you have it connected to where you can see like friends and family, then uh, it will also rank you with the rest of with your, your family? Rest of family so you can see who's the most Neanderthal. It'd be really cool to do this. 23 and me with like your parents and all your siblings. Yeah. Have everybody do it and then be able to compare data with everybody. Yeah. Like what if your sister did it and she was like 50% European or something crazy. Like it's like, Oh, how how does that even happen? (laughs) How's this working out? Like, I don't know. It's just, that'd be really cool to do it as like a family thing. I would love to buy like me and Mercedes this and have us both do it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. It's it's just fun to kind of like look at. It's fun to answer questions that you don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go to the health overview. Okay. Was okay. So is this is this uh, the nervous? This was the more nervous part to look at for you. But yeah, potentially. Like I, there is there is potentially more nerves because of you know potentially uh, yeah. health yeah. related things. So 
I only have the variance for health predispositions, uh, a slight increased risk of celiac disease. Like gluten intolerant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, but not just intolerance, like celiac disease where uh, it's like an autoimmune disease where oh, your, okay. your body sees gluten and uh, starts attacking itself, basically. I see. I see. Um, hereditary thrombophilia, which is, I'm told, like deep vein thrombosis. Hmm. So, uh, and then age-related macular degeneration. And that is not a slight increased risk. That is an increased risk. Okay. So that just means my eyes will get really bad when I'm old. Do your parents wear glasses? They both do, huh? And neither of them did when they were young. Man, so. But you just got your glasses. (sighs) Yeah, but I haven't been wearing them. Where are they at? (laughs) They're up there. Uh, So that's it. Those are your three kind of. Those are, yeah. So the other ones that they like. (laughs) Tested you for late onset Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, uh, deficiencies in something, breast cancer. I don't even know what the other two are called. But then it gives you all other fun-related health So, like, cool things. Yeah. Okay. So, um, according to this, I'm likely to consume less caffeine than the average person. Hmm. Which, if we go to today, you have a soda QT cup <laughs> sitting beside you, and I have not had any caffeine all day. But I feel like that's a, an irregular <laughs> for you. <laughs> that's like a, a very rare occasion where you have not had coffee or Diet Coke. Yep, yep, that's true. Likely, uh, less likely to be a deep sleeper. Okay. And I'm a pretty light sleeper. Okay. Um, but you like to sleep. I love to sleep. But okay. I can't sleep deeply. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one that I have just loved seeing, and it just cracks me up every time. Um, what would you think my muscle composition is? <laughs> How would you describe, looking at my body, what my muscle composition is? What does composition mean? Like, what? It, how much of your body is made up of muscle? Yeah. Uh, well, so, like, on a scale from, like, Least athletic to most athletic, what would you say my muscle composition is? <laughs> Probably uh, in the middle to the lesser side. <laughs> middle to the lesser. I think that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Let me just read uh, the title of my muscle composition. <laughs> Common in elite power athletes. Is that because of the I'm European? A, I'm a hidden athlete, bro. <laughs> Let's pull that out. <laughs> Uh, it, I guess it has to do with um, your like fast twitch and slow twitch muscles. Huh. So like in a chicken, I can't remember which one's which, but like the dark meat is either fast or slow, and then the white meat is the opposite of it. So it's like dark meat. Dark meat would be for the flying, right? So I think that's fast response, fast twitch muscles. Yep. Yep. And then and then the white meat is 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 the slow twitch muscles. Yeah, because that's like the breast of the chicken. Yeah. Yep. So. Um, yeah, so they just, uh, uh, but us humans, like we have those muscle fibers intertwined and I guess the composition of my muscles supposedly, supposedly (laughs) would allow me to be an elite power athlete, man, bro. So you should have played soccer. I should have. 
and you would have been a... I would have been a big bottom small. <laughs> <laughs> like Eden Hazard. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's cool. So I thought that was fun. Yeah. Uh, some other highlights uh, as we'll, we'll wrap up this segment. I'm sure people <laughs> people have... Checked out. Checked out by now. Uh, likely uh, to weigh the same whether or not I have a high saturation saturated fat diet okay which is good because i love them pizza rolls <laughs> so <laughs> uh and then and then here's the traits okay the traits of you yes more likely to be able to match musical pitch can smell asparagus in urine check and check um cannot everybody do that no we have talked about this yes asparagus there's uh people that can create it there's people that can smell it, and then there's people that can do both. So potentially, there's people that are peeing out asparagus smells, and they have no idea. And they have no idea. Oh, that'd probably be the worst. Yeah, you'd get married one day, and your wife would be like, "Oh, oh what, what, is, what is going on in here?" <laughs> um, so this is a point of contention with Katie and myself. Uh, it says back hair, likely little upper back hair. Do you have back hair? She says that I, what I have is not categorized under <laughs> little upper back hair. What would yours be categorized under? I would categorize it under little, little upper back hair. Okay. And let me tell you a story. When I was a freshman in college, I had a roommate, a very nice guy named Josh. Josh was the hairiest human being I have ever seen. Like head to toe? Head to toe. His back was significantly hairier than my chest man significantly hairier than my chest one day uh we're sleeping bunk beds in front of the window uh-huh. and it's like january and in the middle of the night a snowstorm rolls through and it blows through snow through the window through the, the uh-huh. window screen. Yeah, yeah. And it just piles up on Josh. He was the, the deepest sleeper I've ever met. So th- it was a lot of snow. A lot of snow. Doesn't even wake up. <laughs> and then in the, in the morning. Were you not? Were you on the top? Uh, I was on the bottom. He was on the top. So but, you weren't affected? No, I wasn't affected. And in the morning, I wake up and I'm like, Josh. And <laughs> <laughs> he look, looks up. And he's just covered in snow, but it's all caught in like his arm hair, his back hair. It's just he looked like the the abominable snowman. snowman. Yeah. So that is my story. That is what a lot of back hair looks like. What yeah. I got is just like little wispies on the top part, just underneath my neck, and then like nothing lower down. Yeah. Okay. So little wispies that you can easily just shave off. So yeah. you're prone to have a little back hair, according to 23 Yes. Okay. Yes. Did I ever tell you about the time that Katie tried to wax my back hair? No. Mm, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> this one was interesting because I didn't know there was a genetic c- component. Less likely to have a fear of heights. Do you have a fear of heights? I'd say I have a less of a fear <laughs> of heights than the average person. Probably more than me, or less than me. Uh like, I can get up on ladders and stuff just fine. Okay. Uh, occasionally, uh, I think we've talked about this before, just, like, looking up at high places, there is some uh, innate fear built into that. <laughs> but you can listen to previous episodes to hear about that. Yeah. Also, 
your normal body wake up time. What would you guess the genetic results <laughs> of my normal body wake up time? Is? I'm assuming they're a lot earlier than what your current wake up time would be. I don't know. I don't know. Let me. Hold on. So, according to your genetics, your wake up time, I would say, is 8 a.m. Survey says 8:50. 8:50. Bro, that's three. But it, I'm super close on. <laughs> <laughs> it's my genetics, bro. Is that what time you normally wake up? Like, I would say on average, I wake up just before nine. Yeah. Even on like a work day. No, on work days you're up a little earlier. Yeah, like eight thirty. And then okay. I'd get dressed immediately and walk out the door. So you're at Make work by nine normally? Yeah. But hey, see, like it's just, it's genetics. It's Man, genetics. that's crazy. What do you think yours would be, like 6 a.m.? Yeah, I think my I think my wake up time would be like 6.30 if I had a choice. Like like if you never set an alarm, I would wake you up would like, start mm-hmm. just naturally waking up at 6.30. 6.30. I'm forced to wake up earlier, but 6.30 would be my goal. Nine o'clock's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, twenty three and me, yes, would recommend it. Yeah, just for for uh, just for that all stuff. of those fun fun little details. But after this time, like a- after you go through and fill it out, like you're never going to use it again. Um, probably not. Uh, maybe maybe if like the connecting the dots is like fun, and the rest of my family starts using it, using it. I think they might roll things out over time. I I don't know yet of like. Uh, like oh since since you didn't have your sample destroyed we did now we test for this trait and this is your result on on this did you have it destroyed or no i didn't no okay so so potentially they could i guess release new information you know yeah if they add new things to the service find a new neanderthal variant (laughs) that's funny neanderthals get me up to 80 percent so man one of the ways uh, to stay super connected with what we're doing Mm -hmm. is by following us on instagram Mm -hmm. and twitter and these different platforms that we post things on we do different things and we love to just interact with you guys as best we can uh over social media through instagram and twitter and our instagram handle is two at two underscore justins same for twitter we love to put when we're recording episodes on the story, so uh, make sure you follow us so that you can see what's on our story, because you never know when we're going to post a new story, uh, just like right now. And there we go. We're on the story. The story started? It started. The it story's started. going. So we're on the story right now, and this is what we're going to be doing uh, every now and then uh, as we record, uh, just to be live in the moment of what's happening uh, every other week before we release an episode. And we just kind of want to show you a little bit of what's going on in here. There's Justin over there, one of <laughs> one of the Justins. We got the 23andMe here, which is something we're going to be talking about coming up in our next episode. And if you've listened to our episodes, uh, you know we talk about a bunch of the different things going on in this office here. And you can kind of see uh, just everything that's going on. So uh, we're going to be doing this uh, every now and then. So make sure uh, you head to our Instagram account or to our Twitter account and follow us uh, to see all these things. Also, uh, make sure you go and subscribe uh, for our podcast, uh, wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, maybe it's Overcast. Uh, we'd love for you to subscribe. Uh, we have an episode coming out February 8th. This episode that we're recording right now uh, will be out on February 8th, and we'd love uh, for you to listen to that. So make sure you subscribe, follow us on Instagram, and uh, it's going to be awesome. And there Sweet. we go. And there we go. Just like that. 
That is on our Instagram, and you can check it out on the highlights, and you can see the video, you can see the office, you can see the 23andMe kit box, and uh, yeah, yeah, that exact audio is the story in- the instagram story post it's revolutionary <laughs> we're breaking all the rules uh, seriously follow us on instagram so i'm in starbucks i just ordered a nitro cold brew Ooh, did from... it shock your lip yes it, it did have we talked about that i, I don't think we have Anybody else out there? <laughs> when you drink from the lids at Starbucks without a straw, from a like the, the nitro, nitro cold, cold brew, brew, does it shock your upper lip every time? Every time, multiple times perhaps through the drink, it happens. I have an hypothesis on why that happens for mm-hmm. a later time. So I have my nitro cold brew, and I'm at the Starbucks that's right up by our work on 103rd Avenue, the only Starbucks around here that has nitro cold brew. I'm sitting at the bar waiting with my nitro cold brew for a volunteer to come and meet me for coffee. And this guy walks up with a grande look like a, like a Frappuccino, like a chocolate Frappuccino or something Mm -hmm. like that, that what was in there fully empty. So nothing left in it except a little bit of whipped cream, like on the lid at the top, but the whole thing's empty. He's an older gentleman walks up with his empty cup, sets it on the counter, looks at the guy standing behind there making the (laughs) drinks and said, this was the worst frappuccino I've ever had. Did not taste anything like my normal frappuccino. I want another one. <laughs> and the reason I'm sharing that with you is because I was a little frustrated in the moment because mm-hmm. he drank the whole thing. Right. So I'm sitting there looking at him like, you drank that whole grande. Like It took you an entire drink to figure out that that was not your normal drink, that it didn't taste normal to you. Yeah. And of course I didn't say that to him, but I just gave him a look for like 30 <laughs> seconds of like, are you seriously doing this right now? And of course at Starbucks, like what, they're not going to say no, like their customer's always right. So the guy made him a drink and the guy left with his wife or whatever she was. I just think he was lying. Yeah. Like flat out lying. He, he walked out and turned to his wife and was like, suckers. Look at here, babe. <laughs> I got ourselves a second drink. <laughs> so anyways, it's not really, you don't have to really respond to that. I just, <laughs> it was on my mind and extremely frustrating uh, when it happened. No, I think that's a good, I think that's a good point. Like, I'm sure that happens all the time, but if I'm you're going to sure do that all the time, drink half of it. <clears throat> that's how I know he was lying. Cause he drank the whole thing. Well, I feel like when it comes to returning things, if you've consumed the product, you, you no long you've forfeited your right to yeah. request a like, refund. Yeah, like imagine going into a restaurant and ordering a sandwich, eating the whole sandwich, and then yeah. saying, you know, that just wasn't wasn't what it was supposed to be. Can you make me another sandwich? Yeah, like that would never go over in a restaurant. I because you wouldn't finish the plate of food if it was awful. Yeah, totally. I have had a an occasion. Uh, I can't even remember the specifics anymore. But like I've I've been at a restaurant where something was brought in and it just wasn't it wasn't everything I thought it would be, and usually even in those scenarios where I just don't like something that I ordered, but but I don't think anything's wrong with it. I yeah, think you this just don't just like it. It's it a personal preference, right? 
so like even then, like I usually like I usually will say absolutely nothing. I remember one and time, just eat it. yeah. I'm just like next time I won't eat, won't order this. And I remember one time uh, somebody asking like how how was everything. I think Katie was sitting next to me, and I was like, and like prodded me, and I was like, well, it just it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And I think they took it off of the check, but that was like I didn't ask them to. Yeah, I they just did it out of courtesy. Right, and I and I think in that circumstance, like I didn't eat the whole thing. You know, if yeah. you can make it through the whole thing, it couldn't have been that bad. It, right, it's like oh yeah, this entire mm. drink, I drank the entire thing, and my my at, my thought at the end of it is subpar. Yeah, mind you, it was like a chocolate frappuccino. Right. Like, it wasn't like a green bean salad that you didn't like and you don't like vegetables. It's a chocolate frappuccino. Like, right. what what could he have possibly thought, this is awful. Like, there's nothing, like, what's wrong with your drink? Like, you can't even taste the coffee in there anyway. It's like a chocolate milkshake. Right. So. Maybe the his usual barista knows how how much he <laughs> complains and puts, like, extra <laughs> chocolate into it. Makes it all nice for him. Yeah. Extra chocolatey. I was at a restaurant one time with my grandfather uh, on my father's side, and the lady brought out all of our food. It was at a golf course in Bel Air, and the the restaurant's called Iron Ironwoods. If anybody's interested, <laughs> they have karaoke on Thursdays. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I'm, we get our food, and my grandfather gets his plate of food. He got like a steak with some other stuff, and he got a baked potato, and he opened the baked potato and and cut into it or maybe it was already cut open, but he opened the big potato and it wasn't, he said it wasn't cooked all the way through. So he told the waiter, Hey, this potato isn't cooked, right? Like this is something you can say like, Hey, this potato is not cooked. Please take it back. Yeah. So the waiter takes it back, brings back another potato. My grandpa opens it up. He goes, "Mm, this this isn't, this isn't cooked. Oh no. (laughs) So in my head, I'm sitting there like, well, of course, like they took it back and brought like, of course they, you know, cooked again. Right. So instead of, Getting the waiter again to get him another potato, my grandpa picks up his potato. <laughs> he picks up his potato and walks into the kitchen. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> and starts to cook it himself on like the open he flame starts back to there. Cook it, and then walks back out with his potato. And I know it wasn't cooked. Like he was back there for like a minute, so he didn't like cook it. I think he was just trying to make a point of like. I don't know. Maybe he cooks his potatoes too long. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of this, like he walked t- into the kitchen. into the kitchen at Ironwoods in Bel Air. I was remember was, to, was, I was he asked to not come back? <laughs> no, I was with my parents and him and his wife and my sister. I just remember sitting there like I cannot believe this is happening. I was like in high school or something, so I wasn't even an adult yet. Oh man! And I remember thinking, man, I would never do that. Like, yeah, I don't know. That just, <laughs> but my grandfather he used he used to be a little just that way with people like it had to be the way he wanted it and if it wasn't he just made your life miserable i think if you were like a waiter oh man do you think you're gonna be like that when you're old <laughs> no i don't think so well mercedes uh, says I, I will be but i don't i don't think <laughs> i don't think i will uh yeah i hope i'm not a crotchety old man yeah but i don't wonder how be. you get to that point yeah i hope i'm not I, i'm not like that right now yeah i am particular but yeah I want people to do their job well if I'm paying them for it. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's a maybe that's a sign that I'm gonna be a crotchety old man. The way you said that was amazing. 
<laughs> okay, yeah. So there's there's a uh, non-zero's chance. chance. Maybe twenty three of me will tell us something about that. Yeah, yeah. Prone to being crotchety, crotchety. old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, Doyle, as we're wrapping up, since we uh, balanced the spectrum in this episode, <laughs> uh, we went we're all over the place from our ancestors to our grandparents, <laughs> and. Uh, I think we uh, should spend a little bit of time back in childhood real quick. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, this question either sent in or we thought of it ourselves. And uh, so we just want, let's end the episode with uh, the question, what did you want to be when you grew up? I think we should preface like time of childhood. Do you want to break it down into different yeah, parts well, of childhood? I think or? so. I think there was a point where it changed for me. Okay. Um, so I think I have two, like I have two things I remember specifically to being 18 that once I hit 18, like my entire adolescence up to 18, there's two things that I can specifically remember like, hey, this is what I want to do for, for a, a profession when yeah. I got older. Before the age of like eight, I don't know if I had a profession. Like you weren't a working seven-year-old? or. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't think I thought in terms of, like, oh, I want to be a policeman. Sure. Or I want to be a fireman. Like, I don't think I ever had, like, any of those thoughts. And maybe I did. I just don't remember. But I think once in this, both of mine are sports-related. Um, I got my first skateboard when I was, like, eight years old. Mm-hmm. It was a World Industries deck. Did you ever remember that company? Oh, yeah. Remember? I remember World Industries. They were, like, the little water droplet and the little fire fire guy. Yeah. Flame Boy was his name and Wet Willie. Was the other guy, <laughs> and uh, my first skateboard was a World Industries board, and I remember from that moment on, basically all through high school, I skateboarded, and even now today I skateboard, but I remember it through like middle school into my early years of high school, I just wanted to be a professional skateboarder, like that was it, and maybe some of you listening are like, man, that's not even a job, like that's not a profession. But it is. It's a highly lucrative profession, for sure. But <clears throat> I think skateboarding was like something I did every day. I played soccer, too, which we've talked about a lot. Yep. So I played soccer um, all through that time as well. But in, in those first years of like getting a skateboard into my early years of high school, I thought, like, man, I could be a pro skate. I used to film with my friends. We'd like go to skate spots, like at grocery stores and jump over stairs and gaps and all sorts of different things. Like I was like, Oh man, this is like something I really want to do. And then in my latter years of high school, that's when soccer got really serious. Like, cause college is coming, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose what you want to do. And I think even though I was skateboarding and doing all those things, like I said, soccer was a big part of that. I think, well, actually I don't even think I can defer to different ages. I think it was a pro skateboarder or a pro soccer player for like a 10-year period of my life. Nice. Either one of those would have sufficed. What was the moment that like broke your childhood dreams of being... A pro soccer player? Yeah. I think I was a junior. It was when I was a junior in college. Nothing broke it for me. Mm -hmm. I think it was a step I took that was a definitive line of like, that's a past thing mm. like i'm not gonna spend 90 percent of my time investing in that anymore 
Yeah. Because for a large part of my, from like 16 to 22, 90% of my life was consumed with soccer related things. Yeah. Especially once I got to college. So I think when I was a junior in college, I made the decision to quit playing soccer entirely collegiately and move back to Phoenix. Yeah. So that was like the clear break of like, that's a goal that I no longer can attain. I don't know if I thought in college I would play pro soccer. I think I thought I could have extended my playing career past college though. Yeah. Like I had the idea of like, I might not play professionally, but there's USL, there's PDL, like professional development leagues, which is under USL. There's professional indoor, like professional indoor, you get paid to play, but it's very low scale, which I did get to play. But that was like a few years after I graduated college. You, you played some professional indoor? I did. I, cool. I, played in, I played in two games. One was here, and I went and played at the Coliseum in San Diego in front of like 6,000 people. Dang. It was crazy. Why'd you stop? It was just one game, and I got paid for it. And then this was like right before the residency started. You're like a mercenary. Yeah. <laughs> it, was right before, it was right before the residency. How much did you get paid for it? It was like 400 bucks lucrative man (laughs) and Uh, like they didn't pay for like my hotel or anything like i had to drive myself there and get to the game and all that i was asked it was like like a week before it they're like hey you want to go play like i had been playing with this team at the indoor soccer place at asc so it came out of asc that's what's so crazy like they have those teams still like they're still around so in my my mind when i graduated college i was like oh like these are some things that i would like to do yep i knew i was gonna be a professional but I would have liked to continue to play soccer in these other areas. But I made that clear break to go into ministry and come back to Phoenix. Yep. Because I felt the calling on that. So that's probably when like the dream of doing that went away. Sure. Skateboarding, that stopped right when I graduated high school because I got a scholarship for soccer. And I didn't skate for like another four years after that. And really didn't pick up skateboarding until I moved back from uh, uh from until I moved back from South Carolina. So when I quit playing soccer, moved back to Phoenix, I kind of started skateboarding again. Nice. So yeah, that's where I wanted to be. But I'm happy with my life now. So <laughs> <laughs> what about for you? I wanted to be an astronaut. Like fully. Like it wasn't just like a I want to go to like, space, but like you like Like I don't know if I wanted to be a scientist or a pilot. And like we'll get to this in a minute. Like, I didn't understand for a very long time, like, the routes to actually be an astronaut. Um, But I just wanted to be, like, in space. Like, I wanted to be out on that final frontier, floating through (laughs) asteroid belts. Uh, You ever see see Armageddon? Oh, yeah. It's like your average Joes that just gets to go to space. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. That's what I wanted. Uh, Yeah, no, I think uh, just in my mind, like being an astronaut was like the best possible thing because you get to go to outer space and that's awesome. And so uh, that even led to like what we had a project in grade school where we had to pick a historical figure and then we had to do like a big... Like, you know, those giant pieces of cardboard that you put your, like, report on? Yeah. Uh, we we had to do a big old report on the pieces of cardboard and then 
we had a living wax museum where we had to dress as that character and stand there basically all day <laughs> as like different classes and like our families like all came through and like looked at everything. Were you an astronaut? So I was Neil Armstrong. Oh, I nice. did my report on Neil Armstrong. Several years later, I got to go to the Neil Armstrong Museum in his hometown of Wapakoneta, Ohio. And uh, <clears throat> was it cool? It was cool. I liked it. Um, two things about being an astronaut for uh, a wax museum one, you get a visor. So you don't even have to like keep your face still. You can like look around and stuff. <laughs> so that is a brilliant side of being an astronaut for a wax museum. But two, you're also standing all day, and those suits don't breathe really well. You wear you wore a suit. We went down to Easley's Costume Shop off of like was it like McDowell in between Seventh yeah. Street and Seventh Avenue somewhere down there. You and your parents. Yeah, we went down there and we got we rented. Uh, like a legit, like a yeah, like a legit astronaut costume, and so I wore that the whole day. Were you sweating in there? Uh, I I feel like it was pretty warm in there. <laughs> uh, my memory is one of sweat, <laughs> so that's why I wanted to be <laughs> the shattering of that dream. Uh, came much later in life. When I was in my 20s. <laughs> and Man, it made it all the way to your 20s. I was in college. I was, was probably 20. And, I was and in you still had the idea of being an, an astronaut. Somewhere in my mind, I always thought, I am going to go to space. <laughs> and you were in Bible college. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. So somewhere in my mind, I'm thinking, I will one day be in space. And we go to this space museum in Oregon, outside of Portland. And we're walking around the space museum. And then it dawns on me, the only people that get to go to space were either like pilots in the military or like highly specialized scientists. And I am neither. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I, 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 like, I like teared up a little bit. I was like, this is oh. never happening for me. I'm not going to space. <laughs> I'm never going to be an astronaut. So uh, all that to say, this whole podcast has been a ruse to get Elon Musk to hear me. Uh, Elon, <laughs> if you're out there, I would love to do some space flights. So Free of charge. Yeah, you need, uh, you need a production guy uh, from Bible College to go up into space. I'm your guy. I'm your man. So... Uh, hey, we could do a podcast from space. <sighs> Imagine be... that. Elon Musk, you can tie your name to the Two Justins podcast. The first podcast of space. The first podcast of space. The people going to Mars, are they qualified? The people that they've selected? Have you heard about this? The the You mean like the Norwegian company, right? Or yeah, like the yeah. Dutch company? Yeah. There's like three of them that they yeah, selected. I can't of... remember what it's called. It's like space... I don't know. Something. There's a I know one of them is highly qualified. He's like a physicist. Oh, is he? But he's like twenty one. I don't even know how that happens, but it's it weren't they gonna They don't get to come back. Yeah. And weren't they gonna like film it all as like a TV show? Oh, maybe. I don't know about that. <laughs> That'd be crazy. I think that was like their plan for funding it. 
was that they were going to send these people to space and then like broadcast yeah it, like you can like pay a payment to watch all of the everything being broadcast Depending on how much that was I, I may pay it to watch it i would it's on you, mars i mean you're definitely going to watch all three of them die yeah that'd be on insane. mars yeah yeah I, I read an interview with them and they were asking them questions like why would you say yes to to this like don't you realize all these things that you're never going to have again yeah and they went through a bunch of different things but I wonder if they're all normal people or if they're actually highly qualified individuals that get to go and be a part of it. I like the idea of one of them being just a normal person. He's like completely useless. Yeah, they just... They're like, we need to patch the hole in the hab. He's like, I don't know what those words are. I'll be over here. I'm going to be trying to grow potatoes with my poop like Matt Damon. Hey, I haven't seen The Martian. You haven't seen The Martian? No. Oh, that's a good one. I don't know why... Well, you said Matt Damon, so I just knew you were. Yeah, you knew. Yeah, my father-in-law said that's a great movie. It's a really good movie. It's it's a really fun to read book too. It was on Netflix for a while, and I always just skim right past it to the office. I should have watched it when I saw it. (laughs) Uh, Watch this this movie uh, that I haven't seen yet, or uh, The Office for the three thousandth (laughs) time. The Office. The Office. (laughs) 